0: Chapter 17 The four children snuck in through the front door as Cove held it open, moving at his snail's pace in his slowed state. Poem went through first, leading the way with her ever-present song, then Tico skittered around the villain, then Silverbell, and finally, Louis crept into the small house, in a way that showed it was the very last place on the planet Earth he wished to be. Yet as he crossed the threshold, his tiny shoulder brushed lightly against Cove's arm. Louie gasped, and like a cat who had been doused in water, bounded away from Cove, running into a coat rack next to the door in his panic that shook slowly in time. Louis, Whispered Silverbell in alarm. She grabbed onto his shoulder and steadied his feet.
1: Sorry, I'm just nervous.
0: He told her bashfully. Look! With a word, Tico drew their attention back to Cove. He was no longer walking through the threshold, but had stopped, dead in his tracks, to look at his arm. He felt me. Louis gasped in horror, Cove's eyes then raised to look at the shaking coat rack that was moving so blissfully back and forth, like the pendulum of a clock running far too slowly.
1: He heard you,
0: Tico added, as they listened to the diluted sound of the wooden coat rack against the wooden floor.
1: "'Well, let's keep
0: moving so he doesn't also see us,' Silverbell urged them all as she led Louis away from the coat rack and door. Cove seemed to think moving on was a good idea as well, as they watched him shake off the strange little occurrence he had felt and walk further into the house. The house was quite average in all ways. Average furnishings, average wall paint, average architecture. It was tidy and organized but horribly dusty, leaving the impression that the house had not been a home for some time. Where should we look for the song, Louie? Silverbell asked her friend, looking to him for any help in navigating this uncharted territory.
1: If he's going where I think he's going, we just need to follow him.
0: Louie was looking away from Cove and out the window, as if thinking of running, but he tried nothing of the sort and simply stayed hand in hand with Silverbell Smith. Understood. Silverbell nodded, asking no further questions, There was so much she feared to know. Cove was making a steady even path for the wooden stairs, and the four little spectators steadily watched him sum it up until there was room for them to file in behind him. The second floor was much like the first, average and dusty. Yet there was one thing that set it apart from the floor below. The narrow second floor hallway was lined with picture frames, all made of matching dark brown wood. Inside each frame was a picture, though the exact subjects were hard to make out, as the glass laid on top to protect and preserve them had all been cracked and fractured, leaving what looked like crystal spiderwebs spiraling out from the faces of the people who had been framed. Well, this isn't unnerving in the slightest, Silverbell said sarcastically as she gazed from frame to frame. Ahead of them, Cove was still making his eerie pace down the beige hall, walking to an average dark wooden door at its end. What do you think happened here? Tico wondered, gazing at the pictures on the opposite wall.
1: Harry Horton Cove happened here.
0: Louis' voice was blank and burdened as he summited to the top step of the staircase. Is this where... The words of Silverbell's question were catching in her throat, growing only harder to say when Louis made eye contact with her. Is this where he kept you? Louis said nothing, but merely shifted his eyes to the door at the end of the hall. Harry Horton Cove reached for the knob. It moved slowly and steadily. The suspense built. It opened, but only wide enough so Cove's lithe figure could pass through. He entered the room. He left them behind.
1: You should follow him,
0: Louis finally told her, answering Silverbell's question well enough. If the rest of the house could be described as relatively normal... The room at the end of the hall could therefore be described as relatively abnormal. It was cramped and clean, and looked much lived in and much visited. There were things in the room that were not of much interest. A wooden desk, a rolling chair, a leather sofa. But there were also things in that room that were quite interesting indeed. Oh my goodness! Silverbell gasped as the first one to pass through the door.
1: There are so many!
0: Kiko's eyes glittered with wonder as he walked in next. Interesting to behold, Poem underscored them with her voice as she entered into the strange room as well. Louis entered last and without a word, the most unimpressed of the three children, as they stared onto a windowless room full of instruments. A trumpet, a trombone, a guitar and a lute, a triangle and a set of castanets, an accordion and a harp. Yes, the squat-tight little room held captive the wonders of the musical world. You never told us, Louis, Silverbell said, looking around the room in awe, moving around Cove, who was making his way to his desk and chair. But he had all these instruments.
1: There's a lot I haven't told you.
0: Louis was growing masterful at avoiding looking at Cove for it was quite the skill to be done in such a small space. Of course. Silverbell felt a horrible knot in her stomach, and decided it was probably best to ask no more questions for a little while.
1: There's a lot you don't need to tell us if you don't want to.
0: Suddenly, her eyes landed on two seemingly familiar instruments, leaning next to each other against the wall. A cello? Thought Silverbell. A bass? She remembered them more than she remembered any of the other means of making music, but she didn't know why. Blurred figures in her mind played upon them, making tunes she could no longer recall. She had seen these instruments loved once. She had been loved once.
1: Where did he get all of them?
0: Tico wondered aloud, pulling Silverbell from her hazy thoughts.
1: He stole them.
0: Louis stated with plain hatred. I mean,
1: he used to say he saved them, but a man like that doesn't get things like this without stealing them.
0: Silverbell couldn't look at Louie as he spoke. He, of all people, knew about stolen things.
1: He can't play any of them, no matter how hard he tries.
0: Louie told them in a heavy, hurting tone.
1: So he just hoards them. Oh, I see.
0: Tico lowered his head, now also avoiding eye contact with Louie.
1: There's even more in those trunks over there.
0: Louie gestured limply to one of the corners of the room.
1: All instruments, all without music makers to play them.
0: Tico moved toward the trunk, driven by curiosity, but Poem threw out her arm, blocking him. Stop where you stand, he'll see what you move with your hand. Poem warned melodically. Tico held his hands up in surrender and took a step back from the trunks. Yet Silverbell wasn't looking at the instruments, or at Tico backing away from the instruments. No, now her eyes were drawn to cove. What's he doing?" Silverbill asked the room, as they all turned to watch him slowly descend into his desk chair, his eyes locked on a small, brown, flat parcel in front of him. -"Sitting down to--" Tico narrated. -"Open a package?" He guessed, as Cove's hands descended downward and unraveled the twine around it at an aggravating pace. The quartet watched with breaths held. If Cove had thought to turn around in that moment, he would have seen the sight of four intruders. But luckily for them, Cove was far too focused on his task to watch his back. He slowly unknotted the twine. He slowly removed the twine from the brown paper. And somehow, even more slowly than all those other tasks, he began to pull back the paper. It's not a package, Silverbell realized, as they watched Cove pull back the first layer of paper, revealing beneath it more paper, aged and yellow, torn at the edges, riddled with the evidence of folds, and covered in dots and lines. It's the song! Louis looked upon it with a face so blank it was impossible for anyone to guess how he felt, especially since the boy himself had not a clue how to feel. Afraid or angry, anxious or brave, it all seemed possible. Well, great, Silverbell said with a shrug, thoroughly impressed with how easy this all was. I'll just grab it and we can be on our way. No, wait, Poems sang at her, but Silverbell was already reaching out for the paper. Now the thing about Silverbell Smith is she was rather terrible at following directions that weren't given by herself. Yes, Silverbell Smith considered herself the one and only true-born leader, and the only one who was always right for that matter, though it should be noted that even good leaders are wrong sometimes, and the best leaders know when they are wrong and accept help gracefully. But Silverbell Smith was not known for her grace, so when she saw the piece of music sitting so perfectly within her reach on the desk in front of Harry Horton Cove, she grabbed it. Despite the warning from Poem's beautiful voice, and despite the look of panic on both Tico and Louis' faces, and despite the fact that it was a terrible idea. Yes, Silverbell Smith took hold of the paper, but the piece of paper did not come with her.